Welcome back to Distinct Nostalgia by MIM. More than a podcast. We're turning the clock back 50 years ago this week to the start of a TV institution. Emmerdale is half a century old. And now we've a very special reunion for you. It's none other than the actors who played the iconic Matt and Dolly for many years. Freddie Pine was, of course, in Emmerdale Farm from the very beginning in October 1972. Gene Rogers joined in the early 80s. Well, we've got them both back together for a special trip down memory lane with Ashley. So Distinct Nostalgia, and it's a Distinct Nostalgia special because it's 50 years ago that Emmerdale Farm began. I say Emmerdale Farm because that's exactly what it was at the time. And we've got two of the stalwarts from the very early years with us. We've got um, uh, Freddie and we've got Jean, who played, of course, Matt and Dolly. Frederick Pine, you were there at the very beginning, weren't you? I was in episode one. And the first word of the series was my name, Matt. What a claim to fame, eh? Fantastic. (laughs) And did you think that you'd be talking about it now, 50 years later? Um, No, I don't think I did. (laughs) 50 years, bloody hell. 50 years ago. And that's actually more than 50 years because we started filming in June 72. It went out in October. We started working on it in June. How did you... Get the parts, remind us. Well, I, I I had played a Yorkshireman before for Yorkshire Television in a series called Justice, with Margaret Lockwood playing the uh, Justice as a woman. She was a QC or something. And They've been repeating that on Talking Pictures recently. I don't know if you've seen. Uh, they have indeed. Yeah. yeah. Um, not that we get any money for it, cheeky. You know what I mean. Um, so I've done that, and then. They called me up to do that. They said, all the actors have got to be born and bred in Yorkshire. Well, I was born in London and brought up in Cambridgeshire during the war, so I don't know how they kept me on as a Yorkshireman, but they did. So that was how it all started. And I went for two interviews. The first one, Maureen Briscoe, who was the uh, casting director, said, well, now they like you very much, but just forget about it, because it might be put on the shelf and never taken off again. Then a bit later on, they called me in again for a different producer. And Kevin LaFam was there, the original author. And they cast me. So that was that. And I was quite uh, chuffed about that. Fantastic. And, of course, it was it was around the time, 1972, at that particular point, um, there wasn't any TV in the daytime, was there? And this would, this would, this programme was going to be basically a daytime serial as it were yeah. and i think it started around the same time as things like crown court and crown things like court. that that were on in the afternoons yeah general right. Hos- i think general hospital was the other one yeah or three oh. of them that's yeah. right that's right and were you told how long it would be initially was it going to be a regular serial serial or was it or was it literally going to be on for a few weeks and, and no it was it? on for um well, uh six months i think it was with an option for another six months and uh, how many is in six months? The, if it's two, is it always two, two a week? week two a week, yeah. yeah. So however many that was, and then they said there'd be an option to do another six months when this, seeing how it goes, as it were. And then it kept going on and on and on, doing another year and another year and another year. So, and you mentioned Kevin Layford because he was the guy who created it. Um, 
I gather he was asked to come up with something for Yorkshire TV. And was it is is it right that it was it was loosely based on sort of them wanting to do something that was like a TV version of the Archers kind of thing? I don't know. He had before uh, Emmerdale, he, I think it was before Emmerdale, he'd written Beryl's Lot. Do you remember Beryl's Lot? And if you look at Beryl's Lot and Emmerdale, there are lots of similarities, actually. But apparently he told me that Donald Baverstock, who was head of YTV, said, I want you to write a series about a farming family. He said, I don't know anything about farming. He said, well, come up and live in Yorkshire for a couple of weeks and find out. <laughs> so that's how he came up with it all. Started off with a funeral. And everybody said, you can't start a new serial with a funeral. He said, do you want a bet? <laughs> that's what he did. Yeah, I, I mean, I was I was born a month after um, Emmerdale began. Um, oh, I'm, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> so I'm 50 this year as well, you see. So it's a big anniversary for me, for me too. But... Um, I remember, obviously, I look back and I know there was a there was a funeral at the beginning, and it was very, you know, it was a very, um, it was a very serious program, wasn't it? You know, the stories were, were quite gripping at times, but it was oh, yeah. it started off being an extremely serious show. It was, you know, the family were very close, and they all took themselves and their roles at the farm very seriously, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. We started off with the funeral. We, the funeral car was at the top of a hill in the Dales. We were going to drive down to the village when we got our queue to drive down, but there was quite a time coming. So as as cars went past us, we all roared with laughter so that people think, bloody hell, they're in, a, they're in a funeral car and they're all laughing. What are they all laughing about? That was Fraser's idea, of course. Anyway, eventually we drove down to the village and there we are. We started the thing off. Fantastic. And did you know any of the other cast members at the beginning? Was not this the one, first no, time you got no? Not none, none of them. No, we'd been had we been rehearsing. I can't remember now. If we started rehearsing before the first day of filming. I, I really can't remember that. I know the first night before we were filming, we all went out to Arncliffe and stayed in the local inn there. And there was lots of shenanigans going on. I don't know what the innkeepers thought, because people were running around going mad and making apple pie beds and all sorts of daft things. I don't know however we learned any lines for the following morning. <laughs> but it was all good fun to get us all to know one another. Fabulous, fabulous. And what was the what was your character supposed what yeah, what were you told about what Matt was going to be like and who he was and how he related to the family? Well, it was funny, actually, because I had known a couple very, very similar to Matt and Dolly in my early days when I actually worked on a real farm in Cambridgeshire. Because when they said to me, what do you think about these characters? I said, I know them. I've, I've worked with them. Obviously not Yorkshire people, but they were very, very similar types. And uh, so they said, well, how did that come about? And I said, well, I worked on a real farm. I worked on two farms when I was 15 or so. I worked up in Cheshire, I worked on a dairy farm. I left there and went back to where I was evacuated during the war. And there I worked on an arable farm. So I had a bit of real farming experience, which is why I used to, as Jim will well remember, I used to shout at the directors if they got it wrong. Yep. 
you, you obviously say you got to know each other over a very after get to know each other pretty 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 quickly. Um, but you know the chemistry was there right from the very beginning. You know, in terms of that show, um, I think that was probably what made it so successful so quickly that you. But yeah, they were was. very believe very believable family. You know, with the matriarch at the heart and all the rest of it. Yeah, Tell we, us a little bit about getting to know the people and how that how that. Went. Well, we all. I must say, mostly we got on very well together the whole time I was in it. But when we started out, I think I might have told you this before, I thought I'd never remain in this programme because I can't stand Sheila Mercer. Oh! <laughs> I know, is it awful? Yeah. I, I didn't get her at all. And then when we were rehearsing one day, she said, um, I'm going, I've got the afternoon off. Do you want to come with me for a picnic in Roundy Park? So I thought, oh, God, I'd better go, I suppose. I'll have to be polite. And from that moment on, we got on like a house on fire. I really loved her. She was a wonderful character. And a very generous woman, no doubt about that. But uh, it's very hard. You, you get a first impression, you think, oh, I can't stand this person. And you end up being the best of friends, which was really lovely. So that was, that was Sheila. Fraser, of course, was joking from the very beginning. Uh, Joe Kendall, who played Peggy, the first one, we got on quite well together, except she was always chucking the scripts in the air and saying, what's all this rubbish? And then they, they, wrote, they wrote her out. I heard recently that she'd gone, she'd left us now. Joe Kendall, I don't know if you knew that. Her team. No. no. So when you, when you got there, the, 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 most of the characters were, you know, you got the you got Grandad and you got um, Sheila and you got uh, Amos and Mr. Wilkes. You know, you were you you, you and um, and Fraser who played Joe were, were 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 the youngsters really at the beginning when it oh, came yeah, to we were. Were you? Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, we were. We had to work a hell of a lot together, whole days sometimes working on the farm and learning the lines. So, we, of course, it was a very small cast to begin with. So we worked really very hard in those early days. Mucking out, milking, and everything else. And granted, the cast got bigger and bigger, and it made it a lot easier. Sometimes you'd find you were in an episode, you only got about two lines. But when we first started, God, it was really, I'm not joking, it wasn't really hard work because we had, we had, Fraser and I did nearly all the farm work, of course, with nobody else around. And uh, so it was quite hard going. But, and also, because we filmed that in Arncliffe, we had to be at the studios in Leeds at six o'clock in the morning uh, and get makeup and dress and all that stuff. And then, uh, like an hour and a half's journey out to Arncliffe, uh, and, and again back at that. So we were only more in overtime than we were getting in our fees, I think. <laughs> That's why they moved the village and the, the farm in nearer, didn't they? Yeah, later, yeah. later on. Yeah, later on. So, move, so when did it, yeah. when did it become clear, uh, Freddie, that this show was making some noise and people were enjoying it, and that it was likely to continue? When did you, you know, when did you realise that, um, you know, Emmerdale Farm was, was was a thing, as it were? Well, it became clear in Yorkshire because uh, Yorkshire Television decided that the Yorkshire people loved it. And they put out a, an omnibus edition on a, I think it was on a Thursday evening. So it had two half hours during the week, and then they put an hour on during, uh, in the evening at uh, 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock at night. 
So we thought, oh, there's something going on here. In fact, one day on, on the hedgerow in Leeds, a woman said, oh, should I love watching it at night time? Must be very difficult for you, though. And I said, oh, why is that? Well, you have to go and do it all again, she said. <laughs> she didn't realise it was recorded. <laughs> well, at least you didn't have to do it. You didn't actually have to do it live like Crossroads was back in the early years, did you? Oh, no, you, you, no. you, escaped, you, escaped, you escaped that bit. In fact, Gene, you were in, we, we both of you were in Crossroads at some point. I, did, I did a bit of Crossroads, yeah. Did you have to do live Crossroads, either of you? I think we yeah. did. I'm not sure now. No, it might have been recorded. It's so long ago. Yeah. I wasn't in it. I wasn't in it many minutes. I had to play a reporter shouting at Noel Gordon, and uh, I, I think I was only there a few days. Yeah. But, what about you, Dean? I, I'm just trying to think whether it was live or not. I know we had to be careful with the scenery. That was the main thing. Um, and all, no, it was recorded. I know why because. You had to be, if you went wrong, you had to continue because right, yeah. they said the tape or whatever it was was very valuable. <laughs> and, and they wouldn't, so you couldn't stop. You, you just, whatever rubbish was coming out just went on. But uh, yeah, I was in it for about four or five months, I think it was. Yeah. Was that in the 70s? In the 70s was that, Jean? Oh, dear. I hate looking back. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember Noel Gordon saying, I've been in this show for a whole year now and I have never dried once. And, of course, she always spoke like that to give herself time to think of what the next line was going to be. Yeah. No, I think it was the 60s, actually. That's, I yeah, I think it was. Yeah. When I was in it, sort of mid, yeah, 60s. So seven, maybe seven. that maybe went the time when Sue Nichols was in it. Sue Nichols was in yes. it in the sixties, wasn't yes, she? Yeah, she was. I, you know, I don't think about Crossroads. I think about Emmerdale, but it's funny, isn't it? Dustbin well, brain. When you're in a soap, and Freddie will know this very well, you have a dustbin brain. You cannot keep the scripts in your head once they're finished with. If you don't throw them out, you go mad. It's worth us mentioning Crossroads just briefly because, of course, there is about to be a a, a big. Um, TV drama about Noel Gordon, which um, oh, has been right, written yeah. by uh, Russell T Davis, and um, Helen Bonham Carter is going to play Noel, uh, Gordon. Noel Gordon. Yeah, so that should be uh, should be interesting. I think it comes out January or February next year. I think from the rightly, so it's worth Nolly, it. as she was known. Nolly, that's right. Nolly, Nolly, and she was actually she was charming. She was charming and really kind. But she used to sit at the end of the rehearsal room. Do you remember, Freddie? Like like a queen on her throne. The, the rehearsal room was quite long. And so you'd sit sort of along the sides of it with your scripts, you know. And But she'd be at the end and she'd got a big chair there. Do, do you remember that? No, I don't remember. Because I was only in, I think I was in one or maybe two episodes oh, right. playing a reporter. I wasn't in very, many, very long at all. Yeah, well, that's good. Didn't know how I got the part in <laughs> Good, good memories of Crossroads. But let's go back, go back to Emmerdale then. Uh, we, we digress. So, Jean, all this was happening at, uh, at Yorkshire, in Yorkshire in 1972. Emmerdale was emerging. Daytime TV was emerging. Obviously, you didn't come into Emmerdale till seven or eight years later. But were you? Did you become aware of this program that was that was going on in the afternoons? Did you know about it? We'll be back after a quick break. You still loading them and heating them up with all your single shit you've been dropping. You feel me? Loading them up on. It, it only takes structure. 
and, and you know, just paying attention to the climate of the game. Yeah. Know what I mean? So do do your homies uh got a role in your in your little you mean? Yeah, yeah, we all we all artists over here, man. I'm trying to yeah, I'm trying to oh, yeah. I'm trying to get them on there. Yeah. Hey, me, me, yo, look, 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 look. We all artists, man. We go you feel me? We gonna have this like Bro, me and my man, like me and my man Kyle, we be like, I don't know, we play, we play with this <laughs> shit. Right now. With this I gotta lie, we play with this shit right now for for. Oh, I gotta don't play with it. Take that shit serious. Not really, because I was doing a lot of radio work. You know, I got two young children, and I stopped doing theatre, and I was doing radio more or less nonstop. Um, and when I wasn't in a drama, I was doing Listen With Mother. Um, and that, of course, was studio in the daytime, either a, a morning session, an afternoon session, or if it was a play, you'd have a whole day. So I wasn't. And it was, and I think I told you about how my mother was dying of leukemia when um, my agent sort of got in touch and said, I've been working on this for months. And then there was the strike, wasn't there, Freddie? Oh, yeah, electrical strike. They were setting things up, and, and, and so my agent had heard that they were looking to recast Dolly because um, Catherine Barker had played it for three years, I think it was. And, um, and so I didn't know anything about it until they were back in business again, um, and there were 50 of us that went up for it. And I remember when I got onto the shortlist saying to going to visit my mother in hospital and sort of telling her that, you know, it looked as though I was going to be recalled. And uh, she watched it. You know, it went out at 5.15 in the London area and the south. And, um, yeah, and, she, and I remember her looking at me and saying, yes, she said, yes, you do look like her, you know, like Catherine Barker. And, um, and my mother loved the programme. And I think for a lot of people who were in difficult situations, there was something comforting about Emmerdale Farm, that kind of the seasons, the, the way in which things come around again and, and however awful it is. And Freddie always used to say to me, that, you know, graveyard <laughs> in the village is absolutely bursting with people because in the seven and a half years before I joined, there'd been quite a lot of murders, hadn't there, Freddie? I don't, I don't remember that, maybe. People dying which continued because uh, it makes me laugh sometimes when people say oh it's all you know mayhem it's just that the mayhem happens very regularly whereas it took a bit more time I think on Emmerdale but there was some pretty you know bad things happening in the village along the way yeah um, absolutely remember, and of course you remember that better than I do um, now I think it's all murder and explosions and rape and god knows what else not quite like that in those days. It was more, more rural thing. Yeah, but it took time. I think. I mean, yeah. my character was kidnapped. Don't you remember when Ted Sharp took Dolly off to his cottage and and uh, tied her to the bed? Did he have his way with her? I don't remember any of that. No, I don't think he did. But the <laughs> you know the sort of picture of of um, you in the um, you know sort of you and Joe coming out to, to sort of find where she was. And then the other one where I think I was stuck in a barn with a mad, savage dog outside. Oh, my I God. that one. 
I don't remember any of that at all. Got wiped from my mind. Mind you, it's 1989 when I left it, so that's a hell of a long time ago, 30 years ago or something. Let's go back again to the early years, because I think that listeners more than anything will be interested in knowing a bit more about what it was like at the time. So, you know, at that particular time, we got we got Coronation Street, there was Crossroads, which were both of them were huge, were big. In fact, Crossroads often beat Coronation Street in the ratings. People forget that, but it did, didn't it, at different times. Yeah. Um, there was no EastEnders. Um Emmerdale was emerging, but it wasn't it wasn't as big as it became in terms of viewing figures, kind of thing. Yeah, no, but no. you were your own, you were stars of daytime, because and there weren't there wasn't been much on nothing on in the daytime. So this was a new thing in a way. How did it change your life at that time, uh, Fred? You and say Fraser, were, you know, did you have a did you have a wild time away from away from the the, the, the filming? Well. To be quite honest, there wasn't much time for a wild time because we had a hell of a lot of learning to do, reading scripts, learning lines, and then especially Fraser and I were out on the farm when it was filming days, working all day long. So you'd go home exhausted and try and learn the lines for the next day, you know. So there wasn't a lot of flying around and being naughty at all. Not even for Fraser, I don't think, let alone me. I was a bit older than Fraser, so... Um, I can't remember any of that really. That not, not we had lots of laughs and giggles, but not kind of pubbing or clubbing or any of that kind of thing. And a little bit later on, got a little, as it went on, you got a little bit easier because the cast got bigger and bigger, and you had more time free. But at the very beginning, as I said earlier, it was very very hard going. Um, and of course, Emmerdale was on, and so was Crown Court, and so was General Hospital. But those two left, they just finished, and Emmerdale kept going because it was obviously more popular than the others, I suppose. Yeah, Crown Court did, did last into the 80s. Yes. Um, it was quite, it was quite, and of course, a lot of people cut their teeth on Crown Court, didn't they? It, was, it yeah. became a bit like the, 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 the doctors or the bill of, the, of its day, really, in a way, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so the Crown Court's 50 years old this year as well. And that was, in, that was interesting because I discovered the reason they called it Crown Court was because that's when they just brought in the new Crown Court because before that it was assizes, wasn't it? Courts were called assizes and things like oh, that. Oh, that's right, yeah. I forgot so, that, that. So, so they're just reflect, they're reflecting how yeah. things were changing, I suppose, in that. So yeah. it's quite interesting. Um, so, no, it's intriguing. And, and one thing we touched on last time we interviewed, of course, but I think it's worth mentioning as well, again, is, you know, we've had this revival of things like our, um, All Creatures Great and Small and whatever, which yeah. we, and we know that in the early years when they did that, they had to do everything for real, as it were. And that was exactly the same for Emmerdale, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. So you couldn't fake anything on there. Cause, um, if you're filming something on a proper movie, you could do all sorts of things to fake what you're actually doing but on Emmerdale you just had to get on with it and do it because it was television and it was fast television as well. And it was exhausting. Do you remember when we did the, the sheep dipping? Oh god. I mean I've yes. never been so exhausted in my life. You were at the end getting the the sheep out of the dip, I seem to think. Yeah, and I, probably. as they came were fed in, I had this broom and I had to hold the sheep down under the water, yeah. under the water. 
I mean, I'm not exactly the biggest of people. And oh God. And we and how long have we? I mean, we were on that scene for a good hour or so. Oh, probably more, yeah. Yeah. And that's one of those sheep dipping scenes when Leslie Manville joined the cast. Oh right, that was me, I think. Yeah. She's a big star in films. Yeah, she is. From the outset, Matt Matt had quite a turbulent uh, storyline, didn't he? There was a lot of you know, he didn't have Matt didn't have a lot to lot to be to smile about a lot of the time from right from no, the very beginning, did he? No, he was my, <laughs> my first wife died. I can't remember what killed her off now. I thought yeah. they were in a car crash with the twins. Was no, that, she'd gone before that. No, she'd gone before that, and then we still had the twins, and Aunt Beatty came into the story, oh. and they sent Aunt Beatty off with the twins shopping one day. And she got stuck on a railway crossing and the train came and smashed them all to pieces. Robert Cardona said, I'm going to get rid of those brats. They're always crying in the studio. <laughs> so that's how they went. Then I I got the news. I was out in the middle of a field when somebody came and told me they were all gone up to heaven or where they were going. <laughs> I can't remember. And uh, I had to do a crying scene. They kept on doing it over and over again. And even the head cameraman said, well, what about, you haven't given the director said, can we just do that again? And I'd end up really properly crying. And the chief cameraman said, well, you're not being very fair to the artist. Can he keep on doing this? So I said, well, I can if you give me a minute to think about it. But it was out in the middle of a field. I got the message to, to, um, to go into this big scene about being killed off. Uh, so that was that. And then I was, then I was left alone until Dolly came into the, she came in as a barmaid, didn't she, at the beginning? Yeah, I think she did. Yeah, um, Catherine Barker. With with Amos and Wilkes, yeah. That's right, yeah. Well, it's so long ago. It's very difficult <laughs> to remember some of it at all. Well, we'll test your memory in a moment. Yeah, that's because... Some, that's, that's some questions about what you remember. Go on, Jean, were you saying something? Uh, because Catherine married you, is it worth? Um, oh, yes, they got married. That married you. Um, and I came in after Dolly had had a stillbirth because I think that was the idea that though she would go off to recuperate in a rest home or whatever yeah. for a few months so that when she came out, she wasn't quite herself. <laughs> no, Fraser, Fraser had this idea. He said, when Dolly comes back, she should have her face all in bandages and then just take one bandage off a week so that she's gradually revealed as a new toy. That was, that was Fraser's typical game. <laughs> but, but, Jean, there was a similarity between the two of you, actually. Your mum was right. There, was, there is a similarity. When you look back at the old pictures, you, they, they, they've done very well, actually, at managing to find somebody who looked very similar. But there were 50 of us up for the part, which quite intrigues me, you know, that there were you know, 49 people that look like Catherine or whatever. But, um, yeah, um, yes, and when I, when I did arrive, I was given all these um, videos of episodes so that I could study her. And I remember looking at it and thinking, yeah, yeah, no, no, I could play her. <laughs> but the thing was, you know, um, how do you proceed with that? That's fine. 
that's fine while I'm encountering the things that Catherine had encountered so that I could say, now I wonder how Catherine would play this. So they were there. But when you come to a part in a script where she didn't, then I've got to go off and just imagine how, but it would be far too complicated. And I, I think eventually I thought, well, it's like being given the part of Ophelia really. You know, many people have played it over the years and doesn't mean that the character isn't there but it's for you as the the, the artist to, to find the character somewhere you have to do your own thing yeah uh, do you remember the first day you were out filming on the farm wasn't i was yes. it yeah well no yeah. go on you don't remember when they got to about five minutes to one and said we're going straight for a tape without any rehearsals got <laughs> <laughs> out of the car no, I, think, I think you were up in the field. You'd come up there to see, to see me to tell me lunch was ready or something. And they wow. said, and they'd mucked about all morning long. And they said, right, we're now going, we're, do, we're going straight for a take on this. And I said, no, we won't. This is Jean's first day out filming. And we're going to rehearse before we go for a take. Oh, I remember right. you doing that. And yeah. uh, the floor man said, no, right, here we go. Three, two, one, take. I said, no, we're not going for a take. We are going to rehearse before we do this. And Ledler cut us in the in the scanner and I went up to the right face right up to the camera and said, We're not going to do this before we rehearse, with a few four-letter words thrown in as well. <laughs> but you did you were wonderful, honestly, Freddie. I'm sure I've told you before, and I certainly wanted to say it today. You really did look after me, and you know I was eternally grateful for that. Um, and there were many times when you lost your rag on my behalf. Um, well, that, that was definitely the first. I'm sure that was the first day you were actually out well, filming in yeah. the fields, and I was so mad because they fucked about all morning long, taking their time on this, that, and that. And then at five to one, I said. Right, we won't rehearse this, we'll go straight for a take. Well, it's ludicrous, absolutely ludicrous. Yeah. So we did. Actually, that is and was television then. Well, it is now because you think. I mean, Emmerdale's going out, what, four, five times a week? I mean, scripts, the scripts must be endless. Um, And a lot of it has to be just, you know, winged. Um, And so it was good grounding for me, wasn't it? Because it wasn't just in my early days that, they would do it like that. Often you'd hang about in the studio or, or, on, or on location and never get to it and then last minute do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. With, new, with somebody, an, an artist who'd come in to play a part um, who you'd never met if you were out on location until that morning when you're sitting in the Winnebago with them. Yeah. You know. Again, we mentioned it in our individual interviews, I remember Riley, about the fact that soaps or serials I like to call them drama serials, actually, rather than uh, That's what they used to be called. You'd get the TV annual every year, and you'd say, TV drama serials. I've never said soap. I don't know when they started calling them soaps, but anyway. Um, you know why, do you know why the soap came about? It's something to do with America, I suppose. It's in America soap. because the soap companies yeah. used to sponsor them, yeah. and they called them soap operas. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So well, I remember getting the ITV, IBA annual every year, even into the mid-'80s as a kid, and it would always say, drama serials when they had Emmett yeah. and Ellen Crossroads and Coronation. But the, the significance was of, of, of Dolly changing actor was quite 
important, wasn't it? Because this didn't ha often happen in 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 television. It did happen a bit in America, I think, but not that much yeah. in Britain. So it was it was Miss Ellie. So, Miss Ellie, yeah, yeah, Miss Ellie, yeah. yeah, and 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 but so it, no, it didn't happen happen in 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 the UK. So what was your? Do you remember what what you thought about it at the time, Freddie? That actually they were bringing in a new actor to play your partner in the in the show did you how, what was your how, what, do you, what was your thinking about it at the time how did you think what well, god how, how did you what was your reaction to that i don't honestly remember i think i just thought we'll take it in a stride you know just get on with it i mean i remember the bit with fraser making this big joke about when she comes back she should all be bandaged up and take one bandage off per episode so we see this slightly different dolly but apart from that i can't because I went, I was at least one of the auditions when they were, uh, when when Gene was picked, I went with the producer. And I, there was uh, Michael Glean and who else was it, Gene? Can you remember? Was Kevin there, maybe? Kevin no. Lafayette. Um, and was Anne Gibson there? No, Mike, yeah, Michael was there. Um, Michael, Michael Glean was definitely Glenn, there. Yes. Um, but there were six of us because you came in at the stage of there being six who were on the short list. And I think you read with all of us. I think I did, yeah. Yes. Well, I, I remember you read with me anyway. And then, then I had a third interview, which was with David, um, who was the drama, head of drama, David. <gasps> David Reynolds? No. David, uh, do you mean script editor, David? No, no, he was actually the head of, and he was the one who really um, rated Emma Dale, and he saw it as a drama series. Um, Keith Richardson took over and saw it more as a soap. Oh, David Cunliffe. Cunliffe, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I had an interview with him. Um, I think he just had to make sure that he agreed, um, but it was me. So, yeah. So the first day came and you, and as you say, you got, you found out that uh, Freddie had definitely got your back and was going to look after you, <laughs> as it were. Um, what was it like in the very early, because obviously, you, you know, you were playing, you were playing an established character, Gene, and uh, Freddie, you were having to deal with some, I know you're all actors and it's, that's the job, I know that, but, you know, this is not, it's not any old job, is it, in the sense that, you know, in a in a long running drama serial or soap, you're stuck with these people. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, aren't you? You know what I mean. How do you think? Can you recall how what those early days were like as as playing play? Because you were, and it, Eminem was very intimate in the sense that you were there weren't many actors in in the program no, at no, all, no. and so you were having to do a lot of scenes with each other. You know, can you recall what that was? What was that that like in the early years together? She, she, Gene, can you, were you first, did your first scenes take part in the studio or was it out on location? Can you remember? I think I was out on location. And certainly I was brought up to Yorkshire for a good week, maybe two weeks, because, no, I, I went out on location and watched what was happening there from the beginning of the week. And then on the Friday, or maybe the beginning of the next week, I saw you in rehearsals. I know I went to one of the rehearsals. Maybe it was on the Friday I went to the studio 
Um, and then the next week on the Monday, I, was, I went and watched people out on location. So I saw it from a distance, as it were. Yeah. And the idea, and I think my first, first um, scene, well, the first picture I had of the farm was of the crew sweeping the snow off the roof <laughs> of the farmhouse. Because if you remember, you, you we were filming um, a couple of months ahead. Yeah, having to change it for the season, didn't we? We did. But I, the, 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 the main thing I remember was your, I'm sure it was your first day on location when they said we're going straight for a take and I blew my top about it. So you can't expect somebody to come in the show and then go without any rehearsal. It was ridiculous, absolutely crackpot. Anyway. Oh, and I tell you, one of the things that really surprised me was that um, when you were on location, there was this one caravan <laughs> where you were all in the caravan, whether you were a man or a woman. Oh, I don't remember that. I thought we had two caravans. No, you did eventually, but it was all very, very cosy to begin with. <laughs> I, think, I think you may be right, yeah, because... Uh, the dresser used to throw Sheila her clothes. Come on, Sheila, get this on. Get this on. Come on, Sheila. I know you're in a hurry to get home. Come on, Sheila. And I remember the the tea time. We were always being fed. We were always being fed. All this stuff at breakfast. I mean, you well, need we needed all that bacon butter. <laughs> it was cold. I mean, it was cold, and you were being all wrapped up, and you had these hand warmers and thermal vest that was part of the costume um and then then you'd go out to do the scene and everything would come off <laughs> standing there in the field you know apart from Sheila because Sheila really wrapped herself up like a Michelin man um she she wasn't going to get cold but I thought well you know farmers don't really do they they get no they're used to it they just get yeah. up and do it and if you go out to, to hang some washing on the line, I couldn't see Dolly putting clothes on, you know, extra. But, um, yeah, it was very cold up there in the Yorkshire, well, Yorkshire <laughs> farmland. <laughs> um, well, you became, you became, as, as people use this phrase a lot, the iconic, but actually at that period of time in television, there weren't, you know, when you think of couples, and bear in mind, nobody stays in a couple at all these days. They're in affairs all over the place, aren't they? Nobody. But actually, Matt and Dolly were a thing. I mean, I know that things change later on, uh, you know, towards the end kind of thing, but Matt and Dolly were a, a stable couple on television. Yeah. And, you well, know, everyone knew... Very few, I think. Yeah, everyone knew Matt and Dolly were, and they still know who Matt... You've mentioned Matt and Dolly. They, 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 remember, they remember you two, so... What was what did that you know over time? Obviously, as the show became more popular and people, you know, did 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 you was that reflected back at you from the from the public? Did people Gene, did people talk to you about Matt and Dolly and about how their relationship and you know that kind of thing? I think particularly once Sam came, don't you, Freddie? Yeah, you know, the yeah. it became a family unit as well, and um, and we were quite revolutionary actually in um, the way. Um, we helped introduce the baby because if you if you remember Anne Gibbons sitting us yes. down and telling us that they were deciding that they were going to give 
Matt and Dolly a baby and they look she looked at you because you had really climbed up the wall hadn't you over the twins uh, because if one twin was all right the other one would set it off because they'd be crying so and you thought well with two babies how can you do it um, but we made it work because of Sue um, you know Ben's mother Ben oh, yeah. Yeah. But again, do you remember when we went um, for the audition for the baby and we saw three babies? Do you remember any of that? I don't remember that at all. I remember little Ben because he was a good little kid, lovely little kid. He wasn't any problem, was he, really, in the studio, as I remember. But the thing was that the audition gave us the clue because we saw these three babies and um, one of them had quite a profound, you know, um, quite a big nose. Oh, God. How can you remember things like no, I can remember it because you pointed it out. <laughs> That's probably because I've got a big nose. <laughs> no, but you, you thought, well, gosh, if it's that size now, what will it be like? <laughs> so we, we were able to give our thoughts on which baby, but the one that really impressed us was that Sue came in to talk to us um, and she hadn't got the baby with her. The baby was being handed round the secretaries in the office. And then they then she went and brought it back in. And we remarked to each other, ah, this mother's not going to be, you know, forever. Where's my treasure? What are you doing? And all that kind no, of no, thing. No, no, no. She was and very I, good. She was. And I was able to say to her, would it be possible, Sue, if you bring the baby to my dressing room and I'll bring him into the studio um, and then you can hide behind the monitor? And she was quite happy to do that. She didn't have that angst. Um, and so therefore, um, Ben grew up calling me mama, yeah. her mummy or whatever, uh, and he called you daddy, didn't he? Yeah. You know, he, yeah. and, and he used to say, oh, when she talked about grandma, he'd say, grandma from, from the farm? So he knew in his mind, absolutely, that they were two separate entities. And he was just, you just gave him toys to play with. And I always had his little mug of orange juice or whatever to hand to give to him if he, you know. You had... And, and, we worked with him, didn't we? As I don't remember him ever being much of a problem to work with. He was always a good little boy, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, well, I suppose he's about 40 now. Well, he will be because he's as old as my stepson. <laughs> the same year they were born. Yeah, must be 40. God, terrible thought. <laughs> the years, the years. Um, so was there any anything of, um, is, is there anything of Freddie in Matt's or Matt in Freddie? Ready? Uh, oh God, that's a funny question. I really don't. I really don't. I, no, I don't think. I don't think I'm as. I don't think I'm as quite as placid as I'm quite a placid person. But I don't think I'm quite as placid as Matt because I can blow my top quite easily from time to time. Which I Matt, you did. Matt, <laughs> As I did as Freddie, but not as Matt, because Matt was always very, very calm and cool and collected, wasn't he? I don't think he ever really had a, a big row, except when you, Dolly went off and started up an affair with the wood 
God, that man, what was yeah. his name? Uh, no, he didn't actually didn't even blow his top then, he just ended in tears, didn't he, man? He did, he, he did. Upset. He was upset. Yeah. I mean, I think... the only time he he lost his rag really was with Molum, wasn't he? Yes. Molum was was um being Stealing. very rude to, to Dolly and he was being bad to you, and then I caught him trying to steal some of our sheep. Yeah. And we had the big fight with the with the um Land Rover rolling down the hill. Yes. Then he ended up in the ditch, and I was yeah. a, I was uh, charged with murder to start with. My Matt, oh, he's yeah. not a murderer. Well, I, I always, I always remember you saying that that Matt was placid. Yeah, I think he was, but he was pretty. Even though he's placid, he was quite firm with everybody. You always knew where where Matt stood, didn't you? He was oh yeah, of, absolutely. Yeah, you know, he was sort of um, the, he, he was the stalwart of the farm. Whereas the, the 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 brothers might have been a bit wayward in their different ways. He was he Matt, Matt was the one that Annie could always trust, wasn't he? Really, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Salt of the earth. That's how we always used to describe Matt. And, and she oh, definitely yeah. saw she definitely saw him as a as 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 a son, didn't it? She, she in that oh, way. Oh yeah, anyway. yeah. You know, she was very upset. Annie was very upset when Matt left the program. Very upset. Yeah. I went to work in Norfolk. I went to work on a farm in Norfolk. Mm. And presumably, I'm still there unless unless Matt has popped his clogs by now. <laughs> I doubt if he's up on the hillside though. Would he be? He might be. And uh, I don't think he's working anymore because he must be as old as me. Well, this brings us to a couple of questions I wanted to ask you both about your characters. Um, you're talking about how old he was. What what year do you think he was supposed to have been born in Matt? Wow. I don't know. Do you think you were playing somebody older or younger than yourself? Do you know, I never thought about that at all. I've never given that a thought. Well, interestingly, he was born in 1948. Was he? Oh, yeah. well, he was, he was, uh, was he? 12 yeah. years younger than me. So where did you get that from? This is from the uh, Emmerdale Wiki, apparently, which gives you all the information of all the... Which isn't uh, always accurate. Well, it <laughs> might not always be accurate, but... Yeah, People can we'll, add to it, can't they? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But apparently, according to this, is 1948, and... Yeah. Um, Dolly, what was Dolly's name before she was a skillback? Acosta. Oh, I remember. Very that, good, yeah. very good. And which part of the country was was she from? Oh, she was from the from the the east up northeast way. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Very good, very good. And according to this, how many episodes, uh, Freddie, do you think you were in? Oh, God alone knows, and he won't tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, answer the guess. Over the uh, over over how many years? Is it about eight, 17 years? Is it altogether? Seventeen years altogether. Yeah. Wow. God. Five hundred. Well, it was. It wasn't it the wasn't Emmerdale? Didn't Elmerdale celebrate its six hundred in nineteen eighty? Yeah, in my first year. Yeah. So six hundred to nineteen eighty. So, and you were there for another nine years on top of that. Oh wow! So it must be more like twelve hundred, eleven or twelve hundred. According to this, 1361, 1361, apparently, you were in. I'm going to write that down so I remember it. <laughs> if it's true, as Jean says, you can never tell whether these things are I'm sure right. that sort of thing is, because that is easily 
verify. Yeah, yeah, of course it is. But other things that aren't yeah. always, are they, unfortunately? No. Um, and let's have a look at uh, another question for for you then. So, and do, do you know what your mother was called? Do you know your mother's first name? Jean? No. Phyllis. Phyllis. Oh, was it? Yeah. Phyllis, yeah. Did Jean both play your mother? Was it Jean both? No. Oh, the lovely. I had her. Kate. Kate. Katie, isn't it? Kate. Kathleen Helm. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's quite a small woman, wasn't she? Yes. Yeah. And I'd worked with her in radio. She did a lot of radio plays and so on. Yeah, yeah, she was. And of course she came from the Northeast. Yes, she did. That wonderful accent. And I know when I took over the part, I said, you know, well, would you like me to, to do that? You know, because I was used to doing quite a lot of different accents through my work on radio. Uh, and no, 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 Anne Gibbons said, no, 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 we're, we're making that more Yorkshire. So. Right, okay. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because Emmerdale in more recent times has started to have a lot more act actors in, in it from, uh, or, or certain characters from the North East. If you watch it now, there's quite a few oh, really? people are in it from the North East, yeah. They seem to blend the two because they think, I think they think that if you're in the Dales, there will be a mixture of people from Yorkshire and possibly yeah. people from the northeast as well, you know. So that's interesting. And then just another question. Um, what year did uh, Matt and Dolly get married? Oh, that was with Catherine. Yeah, it was. So would that be 78? 78? It was. It was 29th of June, 1978. Wow, Jane, you've got a better memory than that. <laughs> but then I'm older than you are, so I've got a good excuse. <laughs> And do you remember, do you remember, Freddie, whether it was a, you know, because obviously usually weddings in soaps and drama series are a big thing, aren't they? Was it a, was it a big thing, a big TV wedding? Oh, yeah, it was quite a big thing. It, uh, um, the church was full. I'm not sure how many weddings fill a church nowadays, but uh, the, in that time, the, the church was full for the wedding. Was it meant um, to have been done at, was it, was it, uh, was, was, um, Mr. Hinton overseeing it, was he? Yes, I think yeah. it was. I think it was. That was a tiny little church in Eshot, wasn't it? It was a tiny little church, remember rightly, in the actual, the real village. Um, going way back. I remember walking around it when I went to the visit. It was a tiny little church there. Do they, you know do they far feel... more about it than I do. You don't remember filming in there then? No. I remember the filming of the wedding, but I can't remember where it was. Right, okay. They might one, thing I, one thing I do remember was the lights were shining in my eyes and it made my eye a bit watery. And everybody afterwards said, oh, it was so wonderful because you were nearly crying <laughs> at your wedding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know Dolly had a big hat. I've seen the... the um, oh, Catherine Barker. Yeah, I've got a picture of that somewhere in my collection. Yeah, I, I remember seeing that photo, yeah. But I think <laughs> we used... Uh, because also the christenings, which um, Hugh as um, um, Reverend Hinton um, took well, for, for when Sam was christened. And I think we used a bigger church as the location for that. Um, yeah, I don't think you'd be able to get many people in that little one in Neshaw, to be honest. Yeah. Leaves. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what, um, 
you know, as it went on, and obviously the cast got bigger, and uh, I remember the tenth anniversary being a big thing. I remember there was a big, there's a, there's a, there's a pullouts in all the different papers and magazines about ten years of Emmerdale. So it's obviously making a, making a, making a thing by that. You know, that point people were talking about it a lot more. Did it? Did that intimacy? Did it lose something when you started to get a bigger cast? Do you think? I mean, I know when we say bigger cast, it's not like it is now huge like all of them. But you know, you started to get more people into the show. Did that? Did that sort of intimacy between the actors sort of did it? Did it alter things in any way? Do you think? I don't think so. Not as I remember, anyway, because the the family, the Skilbeck Sugden family, was still quite close knit at that time. And there was Mr. Wilkes and Amos and all that. And they were separate. They weren't part of the family. So I don't remember that. Um, uh, I don't know if we had that. Well, I know we had a bigger cast, but we don't, I don't think we had anything like the cast they have nowadays. Uh, I think it changed a bit when we had a few more of the youngsters in, um, possibly. But I know when I joined, I mean, the, they were all so welcoming. I couldn't have been happier. I really couldn't. Um, I was, I was sort of embraced, and I remember. Toke Townley saying to me, who played Grandad, um, after I'd been in the show a couple of months or so, and he said, Sheila approves of you. <laughs> so I said, oh, oh, good. Uh, I didn't realise, you know, that that was, um, you know, what had to happen, as it were. But no. Sheila was just wonderful. You talked about Sheila. She had this kind of terribly grand look about her. And she would be, you know, she she, she called a spade a shovel, didn't she? I mean, it, oh, yeah. that was a very Yorkshire thing about her. But she also came from a family where she talked about mummy and daddy. Oh, yes. Um, because it was a big grand house. And, of course, the young her family, the Rixes, they owned petrol stations, didn't they, and so on. Well, I think they were in shipping as well originally, the Rixes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So she, she was quite a, a mixture of these two um, ways of thinking and behaving. Um, and and, and she, she didn't suffer fools gladly at all. And, and as Freddie said, she, well, she used to underdress, you know. I mean, we've... We were all sort of careful because of her knees and she had these various operations. But my God, at the end of the filming, she would be out of that Winnebago ready for the taxi. Yes, <laughs> when, she, when she drove herself, she used to, on location, she used to crawl down the field to get to the location. But at the end of the day, she was up in that field like a bloody shot out of a gun. It was years and years of being in the in the theatre, of course, in the Whitehall farces, um, and you know, sort of night after night uh, on stage, and then um, underdressing for the for the curtain call so that you could be off back home. Um, yes, but she she was she was wonderful. She had a heart of gold, as you say. Absolutely, I remember one thing she said, and I told a friend of mine recently. And he thought it was marvellous. And I must remember that if anybody was in her way, she was trying to cross the road or get across the room or anything, she wouldn't say, excuse me, you're in, your, you're in my way. She'd say, excuse me, are, am I in your way? <laughs> the other way around. 
<laughs> yeah, she she um, tested my driving because she lived down um, in uh, sort of near Shepparton where I lived. She was in Sunbury, and um, so she she said, "Can I have a lift down?" I said, "Yeah, of course," and I'll drop you off. I know exactly whereabouts you are, and I did that. And she decided my my driving was all right, so um, so she would come back after the, the studios in particular um and I've got a couple of stories but I cannot tell them I can only tell them quietly to people um yeah <laughs> well I can I can tell you one story when when her car was being repaired she didn't have a car she said can you pick me up and I went round to her house and picked her up and I started to drive off as I always the way I always went to the studio she said, I don't go this way and so I had to go her way a different way and at the end of the day, I started to drive her back the way she brought me there. She said, I don't go home this way. We have to go home a different way. <laughs> yeah. Do you think um, new people coming into the show, a bit like Noel Gordon or uh, maybe even, um, you know, Violet Carson or whatever in Coronation Street, do you think there was, um, do, you think, do you think younger, younger uh, actors coming into it probably felt a bit, you know, or a bit intimidated by her? Was there a presence? Did she have a presence about her, do you think? I don't think anybody... I don't know. Yeah. I, I know we used to hear stories about the street where certain people had their chair and nobody else could sit in it. Yeah. There was never any of that in Emmerdale. Never, ever. It was just everybody mucked in together and that was what was good about it. Yeah. I've always said it was a good company to work with and Yorkshire Television was a good company to work for, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. But don't you think that was because m most of, the, of you, and I always look on you lot as, you know, the, the beginnings of it, and, the, and you were the ones that made that company and made that company work, um, the, the family, and we yeah. kind of came into it. But all of you had theatre backgrounds, and in theatre, it's very much a company and yeah. you're together, you have a green room, you have your dressing rooms, you, you share in that sort of way. And I think yeah. that is what gave that feeling of a company as you were. And even though I said about the youngsters, the, the only thing was that they had a different sort of mindset because they didn't have any responsibilities and they, they and many of them after they'd finished work and it'd be late and they'd be off clubbing in Leeds because Leeds was getting really quite vibrant, wasn't it, as time went oh, on. Oh, yeah. And, um, and so, and then they'd arrive in the morning a little bit the worse for wear. I'm not going to believe any names. And then, and it was us. I can remember so many times on location doing a scene where I was almost saying the words if I was opposite one of the young, young men. Um... <laughs> That sounds sexist, but... Uh, <laughs> um, the young women never went clubbing, of course. Yeah, but maybe <laughs> I didn't have many scenes with them. I don't know. Um, no, it, it was j just a different way, a different mindset. But but I still think we were a really good company. There, were, there was, a, there was a, a stipulation on the first castings. They wanted... First of all, they wanted people who were born and bred in Yorkshire, which they didn't get because Tote wasn't, I wasn't, Arthur Pantelo wasn't. No. And the other, the other stipulation was they wanted people who worked in the theatre. 
Oh, really? Yeah, okay. definitely. They wanted theatre actors to, mm. to be in the first cast. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jean and Freddie, stay with us. We've got plenty more to talk about as we continue to celebrate 50 years of Emmerdale and look back at uh, all those memories. Uh, but first of all, um, we're just going to remind listeners of another special that we've got coming up linked to an old ITV favourite, which we've already mentioned during this interview. It burst onto our screens 50 years ago this year. And for a generation of kids, it became must-viewing when you were sent home from school in the afternoons. It was played like a court, wasn't it? You, you oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And you didn't know what the outcome was going to be because, you know, so they were ready to film two different endings, whatever the jury decision was, yeah. which was almost a bit like live television. It was great. It was edgy. We're talking, of course, about the groundbreaking Crown Court. Filmed at Granada Television in Manchester, the show was unique and saw some big names cut their teeth over its long run on ITV. It was an afternoon programme, and although it was an afternoon programme, they had some very fine actors in it because there were good chances to uh, show your mettle if you're an actor because there were long tranches of dialogue between judges and advocates and indeed actors. It also had an iconic theme tune that became the B-side to the A-side of Van der Valk, which went on to top the charts. We'll also be talking to the man behind that theme. Various bits of music were played, and I think I was sitting in on the session helping to choose the music, and he said, no, we've just done that album with you, with that piece, Distant Hills. That might be right. I thought, well, I don't know, it doesn't sound right to me, but anyway, we dug it out and played it to them, and they said, yeah, that's it, thank you very much. That's all to come when we're back in The Crown Court, a special documentary coming soon only on Distinct Nostalgia. And if you'd like to share your memories of the show, please email us at info at madeinmanchester.tv or message us on our Twitter page at Distinct by MIM. Now, as we're celebrating 50 years and um, people listening to this, uh, as I said, I think at the beginning that there's going to be a lot of celebration about the 50 years, but we might have a huge amount of celebration of, of the farm bit of Emmerdale Farm. And those first... 10, 12 years, or sorry, 15, about 15 to 20 years, about 1988 when it became Emmerdale, wasn't it? But, yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Um, uh, about 88, 87, 88, somewhere around that time. Um, but before that, because the, you know, the, the stalwarts of the show were people like Annie, but also um, the, the old double act at the pub, which was yes. uh, Amos and Mr. Wilkes. And I've watched some of the episodes recently going back and they could have had their own show. They were hilarious, those two. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a yeah. real old married couple, weren't they? Fantastic. Yeah, well, well, tell us a little bit. I mean, I gather they were a bit like that in real life, weren't they? Is that right? People tell me they were a little bit like that in, in, a, in a way, together as a... Well, they always used to sit together and do the Times crossword together. I know that. Um, but I think in, in real life, they were quite different in many ways. I mean, I'm just trying to think now. Yeah, I mean, they sat together because all their scenes were together. And, yeah. and, and like you do in the theatre, you, you, you go and mutter, in the, well, everywhere, you go and mutter with the person that you're doing the scene with so that you can get those wretched words into your head and then you can start working properly. But, um, no, they, they're different backgrounds because Arthur was really a family man, wasn't he? Yeah, and Arthur had been in a football thing on BBC 
there's some football bi-weekly series. Oh, right. And I can't remember what it was called now, but I know he'd been... I don't think Ronnie had done that much television because he'd been a, one of the directors of Not Nottingham Playhouse at one point. Uh, but he'd done a lot of theatre. And Judy Dench used to say, oh, yes, we all used to call him Humpty. I mean, I reminded him of Humpty. He wasn't very pleased. Oh. Oh. No, but they work really well together because because of the, the, the contrast. And that yeah. was wasn't it? They were totally dear. I mean, how Mr. Wilkes put up with Amos, we'll never know. Oh. Or vice versa, but they did somehow. And Amos was always going on about this stuff now, my brochures and all that kind of nonsense. But that was the genius of Kevin the fan, wasn't it? Yeah, so yeah definitely. Um, I don't think they were meant, went from the very beginning, they weren't meant to be together like that at all, because uh, Mr Wilkes came in as a landowner, owning other property near the farm, the very, very first episode, because that's when... Uh, Peggy said, Matt, do you know those people up or whatever the farm was? And that was Mr. Wilkes and his daughter, played by Gail Harris. Oh, but yeah. eventually they got they got running the pub together. And that's how they became almost like the odd couple, really. Yeah. But Kevin was still writing all that. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh and uh Amos never ever called him. Mr. Wilkes Henry, I always called him Mr. Wilkes throughout, as far as I remember. Well, I know people like that myself, you know, even you know, even somebody my, my age, I remember people, you know, way, way back, you know, when I was growing up, but people would call, um, or I'd call um, so and so's around the corner, Mr. So and so, Mr. You never call him by the first name, very rarely, yeah. you know what I mean? You, there's a, a form of respect, wasn't it, of some kind, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, yes. It's, it's, it's quite interesting how that's changed now, isn't it, a little bit? Oh, yeah. Although, actually, bizarrely, I, I remember calling my mum by her first name no. in the first couple of years of my life. Yeah, I would call her Pam. Really? Uh, it's bizarre. Yeah, and then eventually I started calling her mum. But, yeah, she used to... I've got... Um, I remember conversations with my grandma where we'd talk about and you'd say, oh, you, you call your mum Pam. And I don't know why that was. Maybe maybe it's because that's, the word, that's what I heard a lot of my dad yeah. saying Pam or somebody else saying Pam, and you end up calling him Pam, you know. Bizarre, isn't it? Um, what about we we talked we we've talked about this before, but I think it's worth mentioning again, is that you know the the other great thing about Emmerdale was as well as the realism of the the acting and the scenarios and what was going on in the farming and all the rest of it, you also had um, which I don't think is quite the same now. Actually, you had some sets that were very very realistic, and you know I wanted to I wanted that I wanted to sit in that um, that kitchen. And eat around that table because it was beautiful. It was a fantastic place. You know, thought, you know, those argos and all the rest of it. Now you watch it, it looks all oh, it's a bit plastic these days for me. Oh, really? Um, the, the lighting's not quite right or whatever. But but yeah, I mean obviously they were smaller, weren't they, than re than reality and all the rest of it. But you must have got quite attached to those sets, particularly Eugene to your kitchen sink, of course. Um, because you were always there washing up at the kitchen sink. <laughs> but just, just was there any, anything interesting to say about those sets and how quirky they were or things you had to make? Because obviously they, were, they weren't, they were you'd not got the whole room, had you? It, it was always the fourth wall and all the rest of it. Yeah. Was there anything interesting about the about working in those, um, the, those studios? Well, I think um, 
we the, the sets were like a real home in many ways. Although you said the fourth wall was out because that's where the cameras were. Although one director insisted on having the fourth wall put in and change it all around. Um, but and I'm, people used to say, "Oh, you're all sitting around the table eating," and I said, "Well, that's where farmers meet. They don't." They're out working all day, and if they want to have a discussion about something, it's in the kitchen having their food. It's not it's not unreal. It's absolutely realistic to be like that. Everything was solved in that room, wasn't it? In that, that kitchen. That's where yeah. all the debates, all the discussions, any any you know clashes between anybody. It was always they were brought to the kitchen to be you know for for Annie to work out what was going on most of the time, or, or Granddad Brand, to give his his impression. You know. I can't saying? remember any other rooms in being seen in the in that the farmhouse, whether it was a sitting room or a bedroom or anything. I can't remember any of them ever being seen. No, there was, we, a, there was, a, there was a there was a staircase, wasn't there? People used to go up the stairs. Remember yeah. rightly, was that bit? Yeah. No, we did. We we did um, as as time went on. Um, before we had our bedroom, yeah, that's right. We had the bed. We had a few um, scenes up there in the bedroom and. Um, but it, but I seem to remember through those oh, 10, 11 years that I was there um, that we kept moving into different spaces. Um, when I first came, it was obviously Annie's kitchen all the time. And, you know, I, my character was very much at the behest of Annie. It was her domain. Um, and then I think it was decided that a woman wouldn't put up with that for as long as she had to. And then we had the other place. Was it next door? I think there was a door off the kitchen. But oh, the yeah, that's right. Section. And then we had upstairs there. Um, so it, we did, did we, didn't we move to another house in the village at one point? Eventually. I think we did, yeah. But, but, but um, well, we were trying to. No, we were, we were, no, we were in the... Um, just off the kitchen, our area, um, because Annie used to come in to us every now and then um, and, and join us there to talk about Joe or whatever. Um, and then Dolly wanted to move out and then we were going to go to Crossgill. That's right. She was always a troublemaker, that Dolly. <laughs> she wanted her own place, Lord. <laughs> Not fair. I do my best. Um, so Crossgill was worked on by um, um, Sandy Merrick's boyfriend and then he um, set it on fire by accident and that's when the rot set in really because all the dreams went up in smoke <laughs> and she was back in the kitchen and then this, this tree fella fella. What was the tree fella fella? <laughs> We've already reunited Jean with the tree fella, haven't we? In previous episodes of Sting Nostalgia. But what what was it? Do you think that Dolly saw in Matt then, Jean? What was what was it about Matt that kept her with him for so long? Well, I have to kind of imagine this, don't I? Because yes. in a way, I wasn't privy to setting that up. But I think he was he was reliable. He was caring. He was. He was steady, I, um, and Dolly had arrived, you know, from a different part of the country and um, like the village, 
and she was welcomed in like I was as an actor. You know, she was welcomed in to the Subdens. Um, and he needed somebody, didn't he? I mean, you know, he was... I mean, they, they were really kind of, for want of a better expression, simple country folk. They yeah. weren't sophisticated or anything. You, know, um, they, they did, you never saw them watching a lot of television, for example. They never uh, talked about going to the movies, even. So well, they weren't, you, you they, really, in a way, they weren't in that world, were they? You didn't really see Matt relaxing that much at all, actually, did no. you? I, did, did I you, know, did you have... I tried to make him look, but he wouldn't sit down. <laughs> I don't did, think I, did, he fell asleep. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I ever saw Matt in the in the in the wall pack. To be honest, was he? Did he ever go to the wall yes. pack? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh yes, yeah, oh yes, definitely. Lightest pint. Lightest pint. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, and and sometimes Dolly would go with him if she wasn't behind the bar because she continued on and off with that as well as the play group. So, what, was Do- what was Dolly's relationship like then with with Amos? In terms of the, uh, was that quite? I can't remember those scenes. Was oh, it, was no. that, could that be quite was, fun? Amos oh, and Dolly together. No, Amos and Mr. Wilkes were fond of Dolly because they knew that, you know, again, very practical. She was a practical woman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And she could be relied on in the pub. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, that's what I mean about the relationship you, you two had as, as characters. That's what it was. It was that stable relationship. You knew that. Whatever happened at seven o'clock at night on ITV, you'd watch TV, watch the telly, and there'd be um, Matt and Dolly were, you know, doing their bit, um, you know, looking after the farm and looking after the kids and all the rest of it, and that wouldn't change. Which I suppose is why it became such a shock when, when, yeah, yeah, exactly. That must have been a a huge. I mean, I know it didn't last long, but that was a that was quite a big thing for the for the viewers, wasn't it? Really, to deal with that. It was. Who who was the chap that used to do the darts? The um, comedian that used to do the darts programme. Oh, you mean Jim Bowen? That's right. Because I remember meeting Jim Bowen after when it came to that six episodes that Michael Russell wrote, which is when, you know, Dolly had her brief encounter in Harrogate and so on. And... Um, there was a moment, I think it was the second or the third of those six episodes um, where Stephen Fuller is trying to persuade Dolly to sort of, you know, run away with him. And um, she says, no, 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 no. Because, I mean, they hadn't got as far as anything naughty happening, but it was all kind of going on in the mind. And um, And at the end, suddenly she looked, she obviously was going to go and see him. And Jim said to me, he said, oh, he said, rang up the wife. And I said, quick, watch the television. He said, that dolly, she's going off with that fella. <laughs> and it was, it was really quite, quite, um, yeah, dramatic at the time. Um, and everybody was thinking, oh, poor Matt, poor Matt. Yeah, poor Matt. <laughs> poor Matt. And then when uh, the, the, um, your favorite producer, um, Freddie, um, he decided that he was going to kill Stephen Fuller off. And, um, and, and Dolly only heard the news on the... We didn't even have a nice <laughs> dramatic scene. Um, just heard it on the, on the radio that someone had been killed, a tree had fallen on them <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the woods or whatever. And I had this letter, for, a fan letter from a woman who said... She said, she said, I watch Emmerdale 
when it's on, doing my ironing, she said. And I couldn't believe it when the news came of his, of his death. She said, I was looking forward to seeing an episode where you made mad, passionate love, and I'm never going to watch Emmerdale again. Really? I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I put it somewhere. I ought to dig it out. Wouldn't I? <laughs> she was so upset. <laughs> <laughs> Now, this, this came in the late 80s. This wasn't long before the show started to sort of change and all the different producers and people were altering and they were changing the set up. 80, 89, yeah. And yeah. that's when you left the show, Freddie, wasn't it? 1989 yeah. as well. Yeah. And Gene, you stayed a bit longer, didn't you? You were there for a few years. 91. 91. So, yeah, I mean, we have to talk about this, really. That's when the show started to alter and change and... You know that that the, they decided they wanted to take it in a different direction and whatever. Um, were you, you were you collect, all collectively aware of the fact that the cha changes were afoot? Do you think? Oh, I, definitely, I was. I knew they were going to knew they were going to change it from Emmerdale Farm to Emmerdale before I. I think even before I left. No, it was no, end of eighty six when it changed eighty six into eighty seven when it changed because. Um, because EastEnders arrived in sort of 85, I think it was. Um, and, February 85, EastEnders started. Yes, right, yeah. yes. And it was the next year that they announced that they were changing it from being Emmerdale Farm to... There was a lovely line in The Young Ones. I don't know if you've ever watched The Young Ones. Anyway, they were, they were sitting down to watch the television one night, four or five of them. And one of them was very, very thick and stupid. He said, I see they've changed the name of Emmerdale Farm. It's just Emmerdale now. It doesn't take you so long to read it. <laughs> and, and then, of course, the other the classic one is um, in the Royal Family. Uh, they all sit down, don't they? And they, they, they hum the Emmerdale theme. And then they switch the telly off at the end of the, just to hear the theme. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I mean that is I mean just thinking for, for another you know we talk about iconic programs and shows and it is an iconic show it's been around such a long time whatever you think of it now or not but it also has a, an iconic theme tune doesn't it oh yeah you know, uh, thanks theme, to um, Tony, Tony Hatch. Hatch thanks to Tony Hatch who of course did the theme tune to Crossroads and and Neighbours as well I know, thought so. the theme tune was brilliant absolute genius yeah, lovely perfect yeah. for that program Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the credits have changed a lot over the years, of course. At the beginning, the, the, it took a long time for it to start. The, the, the credits right at the beginning were very long. <laughs> it's, it's about two minutes for the programme to start. Um, and then, of course, they altered over the years. But now, it's, it's, we, you don't see any of the countryside at the beginning now. You see, you see um, it, it, it swings to under table shots of people's legs. I don't know if you've seen it recently, but that's how, that's how it starts now, which is bizarre. I don't know why, but there you go. But I used to like seeing the rolling countryside. and oh, yeah, you know, that's definitely. Because that's one of the, the big successes of it, isn't it? As well as yeah. the actors and the storylines, countryside is one of the big things about Emmerdale, and that's probably yeah. one of the things that keeps it going, do you not think? It was, it was as much about Yorkshire itself, and the, I mean, the opening titles, all those rolling hills and all that was... Just lovely, and that's why the music was perfect for it. Yeah. I remember thinking that when we saw the very first, they, they showed the first four episodes, I think, before they went out to people in the village at Arncliffe, in the village hall. 
And I remember thinking that this music is absolute genius. It's just perfect for that show. Mm -hmm. Couldn't have been better. Absolutely. And that's why they liked it down south, I think. I mean, people used to say, oh, well, we, we tune into it because we just love the background, you know, yeah. the countryside um, to the storyline. And it was yeah. a bit like the on the success of All Creatures Great and Small, wasn't it? I yeah. mean, that was a similar series that mm. the imagination of a lot of, and they brought they brought that back, and it's uh, doing quite well again. The, the only thing again, which I don't, which annoys me about that, is they didn't bring back the theme tune. Because to me, the theme tune is the one of the big things about all creatures great and small. It's like they brought Vandervolt back, and they didn't bring the theme tune back. How can you bring Vandervolt back and not bring the theme tune back? You know what I mean? It's quite the quite theme tunes are quite important, aren't they? Actually, they're quite yeah. part of it. You know, all so, creatures um, came back on Channel Five, didn't it? Did very well, right. apparently. Yeah. yeah, it's doing very well. Yeah, Channel Five's doing very well actually with its drama and stuff. Apparently, I think way. it's a much improved channel from what it used to Reinvent, be. Reinvented itself, wasn't it? Yeah. So so obviously Emmerdale changed and you were both, you know, there as things were changing. Was it, were you, were either of you upset about that or were you ready to sort of move on to, to other things at that point, do you think? Well, I was definitely ready to move on, when I, especially when I heard about the plane crash. I thought it was, I thought it was terrible, quite honestly. So not that long after Lockerbie, I thought it was all wrong. Yeah, that was 92, wasn't it? That happened yeah. after I'd gone. Yeah. Apparently, um, one of the directors, whose name I can't remember, told me that when the producer from... Oh Phil Redmond. Phil Redmond. Phil Redmond came in. He said, right, I'm going to have a plane crash and I'm going to kill him, him, uh, uh, and him off. And they apparently at Yorkshire, they said, no, you can't do that. You can't you can't kill five or six people off in one go. So I said, all right, well, I'll have a plane crash and I'll kill him and her and him, or whatever it was. Then he had to cut it down. But I just thought it was an awful thing. And I felt the same way about the helicopter crash, because there had been a real helicopter crash mm -hmm. in Glasgow. Mm -hmm. And then they wrote oh, one yeah. into the series, and I just thought that was wrong. Yeah, that and was... Of a pub, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So unnecessary. And I thought the plane crash, however long after Lockerbie, it was wrong. I just thought it was wrong because that was such a terrible, terrible thing to happen. And there we are, it happened. So what what changed things for me as a fan? Because I watched Emmerdale Farm and and then sort of slowly but surely started not watching it. It was the fact that the thing about Coronation Street was that it always yes, you'd have changes, but the, there were core characters that were always there. Yes. You know I mean, you always felt as though you're always going to see Rita and, you know, Ken and various people that were all, they were just right there, always there. And I always felt as though you needed that bit of continuity to keep, because mm -hmm. if you don't see a programme for a while, you come back to it and think, oh, I wonder what science is up to or whatever. And it felt to me by getting rid of so many people yeah. that Emmerdale was doing itself a disservice in that way because it wouldn't have that, you wouldn't have that, you know, that, that connection, that continuity anymore. And now, of course, there's only Chris, isn't there, who's, who's left from, that from a sort of, I mean, he wasn't there from the beginning, tell, yeah. but he's been there a fair, a reasonable amount of time. And I suppose people like, you know, um, the guy who plays Marlon Dingle and people, I remember them a little bit, but they don't go back to that very, those very early years, you know. So no, no, it would no. be nice for them to, them to have kept some characters who were there, you know, sort of salt there's characters who were there from the beginning to connect it with yeah. that period, you know, which I think is, I think is a shame. I know things, things are reinvented sometimes, but, but you know, do, do you, um, do, do, do you, um, you know, and I, I presumably you sat here talking to me 
and uh, and <laughs> I don't think you'd be talking to me if you were suddenly about to uh, pop up in the fiftieth fiftieth uh, episode or anything. But you know, would you would you like um, Emmerdale to you know to contact you and, and get you back in there at some point? Would is it something you've been you've thought of? You would, Eugene? Would you happily go back to back to Emmerdale at any point? Well, it, it, it's strange. You're, you're talking about the change and so on. I think the problem was that the change came about because of the threat of the the EastEnders yes. and and the way in which the ratings were becoming terribly, terribly important. Competitive, very competitive. Yeah. At that point, yeah. And, I, and I think, and I'm not going to name names, but I think part of the problem, particularly for Freddie. And then eventually for me was the change of producing, really, yeah. um, because I know when I kind of came head to head with him over the storyline about the abortion, which just, you know, after all those years of, of how first Catherine and then I had built up that sort of family thing and the, the trying for babies and going through heaven and earth to eventually have one, whatever the pain, um, that it was done in such a wanton, quick fashion um, because it was useful for how the producer was pushing his characters through. And it was a shame, I think, for my character because my character actually was there with, with Kim Tate and the Tates and, and was actually progressing. And it was really interesting to, to see this family that had been such a wonderful unit suddenly shocked apart. Um, and, and to have seen Matt coping with that, but still carrying on as a shepherd and not having to go somewhere else to be a shepherd. Mm -hmm. And of course, Dolly, the, the took the bay, you know, the boy down to him as well. But that was a way of getting rid of my character from the show. Mm -hmm. And it needn't have happened, but no. you you weren't happy, were you? Nobody was happy with the change of producer and that particular no, no, no. He had, no. I'm sorry, but he, he, he wasn't very sensitive. And no, I, I don't think so, I think it was, they, they, in a way they cheapened the whole thing really from what it had been. I remember Robert Cardona when he was producer, he said, he said, I'd like this programme to be, I mean, it was sounded a bit pretentious, I'd like it to be like a Chekhovian uh, drama, you know. And he said, I wouldn't mind one episode where nobody spoke any talk, any words at all, just just carried on through. You just saw them working or whatever they were doing and without any dialogue, because sometimes the dialogue was did sort of get in the way in a way, you know what I mean? Um, but anyway, that didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like when um, my husband, you know, Phil, who's a local was a location manager, first assistant, and he was looking for somewhere in the Yorkshire, um, and, and he stopped the car and he said to this guy, he said, Do you know where so-and-so is? And he said, I and he moved, walked on. <laughs> that's, that's very kind of that Yorkshire thing. And it speaks volumes, doesn't it? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's still going strong and um, you love it or hate it and whatever you think about it. You know, those of us who are from Yorkshire, I'm from Yorkshire, we, you know, we still think of it as 
yes. as, our, as our soap, really, at the end of the day. That's it. That's and, and totally you know, it. Even, even though it annoys me sometimes, I watch it and I think, oh, it's not what it used to be. I, I, I still defend it in the sense that I think it's great and it's there. I want it to continue. Uh, you know, no drama serial or soap stays exactly the same, does it? And, no, it can't. You know, everything, everything evolves, doesn't it, over time? Yeah. And there are good good points and bad points and good times and bad times and all the rest of it. But, you know, if they suddenly decided, because you both got, your characters have both still got connections in the show somewhere along the lines. You know, if you were to, you know, if there was some kind of, you know, cameo where they wanted you both back for some for some particular reason, would you would you, would you you go for it? I think I probably would. I'm not sure. But, I mean, I'm on the Emmerdale fan club on on Facebook. And always, people are always saying, would you go back if they asked you to? Yeah. And I usually say I think it's a bit too late now for me to get back. It's a no, long time ago. I would. So, I would. We, well, yes, particularly because the Kim... Yes. There, you see, there's a link there. Yeah. yeah. And her character and mine were pretty close in the beginning. You know, that yes. was... Um, and, and, yeah, it would be interesting. It would I noticed that, Joe. I was looking at a picture of you and... Um, and, and, and um, the actress who plays Kim, and it was one of your first scenes together. I think. And your hairstyle suddenly, going from the when you first started, you had a particular. And then you, it, it, when you got to the late eighties, you, your hair got very sh much shorter. Was yeah. there a particular reason for that? Was that you doing that, or was that the TV people wanting you to do that? I know oh, styles no. changed, but you just looked very different uh, at that point. I said. No, I, I mean, part of it was I was always out on location and people used to laugh about I always had my hairbrush with me because, <laughs> because my hair is so fine. And and if if I didn't, it would just blow, you know, like like hay over my face, which isn't <laughs> way to be acting, is it? Um, and, and styles started to change. And so I had my hair shorter and then it continued as shorter and it was much easier. Uh, and we had early mornings, didn't we? As Freddie was saying, you know, I, it was um, quite... Did the weather play have it, have it with, with your hair, uh, Freddie? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't th I don't think it ever played that. I usually had a hat on anyway, especially out, especially out in the country, working out in the countryside, I was in a hat so, on. So, so, so finally, let's just think about some of the little, obviously we mentioned some of the characters, we can't mention them all, you know, um, people people who spring to mind from the early years, are, I think we, we talked again in our individual interviews about Walter in the in the in the, oh, in the yeah. pub, you know, never spoke and all that kind of thing, which is quite funny. And of course you had... Um, you 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 had um, Stan Richards' character who was great. You know, there's loads of loads of people who came on board over time who've been fantastic characters um, in, in 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 the show. Um, but what about you two together in terms of your working life together? Any particular any particular funny stories? Anything you remember about you know um, moments of you know between Matt and Dolly? That uh, any any moments when you corpsed together over something or something was a bit of a you know any, anything you remember? But I remember some of the some of the offset things I remember, like when when Jean was Princess Diana and I was Prince oh, yeah. Charles, uh, and, and when we did what did we do that? Um, we went down to for the uh, benefit for um, Terry. Yeah, it was a disabled unit, wasn't it? Pinderfield. Oh, Pinderfield's disabled. Yeah. Yes. And then what, what, what was the show we did when, when the we all... Halloween show, which I put on at Harrogate Theatre. Oh, no, that was for, to save the theatre, wasn't it? 
No, we did something at Pinderfields um, out at Castle Howard. Were you in that one that I put together there? I don't remember that. I remember you. I remember being. I was Dracula, and you were. No, that, that's that's the um, the rocking Halloween show, which yeah, I that's right. put together, and <clears> um, <throat> which was based loosely around the rocking horror show. That's so right. Yeah. I had. <laughs> So I had all the um, cast doing, let's do the time warp again. And I thought that uh, you and Mark Curry and other members, uh, male members of the cast, uh, were going to end up in suspenders like the women were. And you all decided not to at the last minute uh, when we did the, the uh, time warp. Um, and then, Freddie, you were Dracula and you sang I'm in the mood for blood <laughs> simply because and then Pat who we were talking about Pat husband and Katie and I Katie was at piano and the three of us were dressed as glamorous witches and we sang three little maids who all I'm wary come from the local cemetery <laughs> so it was uh, I remember when you did you did a Victorian one at uh four Pinderfields and Stan Richards and I played Hinge and Bracket. That's right, yes. And then we called it Minge and Scratch It. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Who were you? Who were you? I was, I was, which is the one that stands up and sings and Stan Richards was at the piano, whichever way around it was. Oh, you were, you were uh, um, Dame Hilda Bracket. Yeah, Bracket. Dame Hilda. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. worked with Dame Hilda eventually in pantomime. Yeah. Aberdeen. Yeah, yeah. And was, Fraser, Fraser was the um, master of ceremonies for the Rocking Halloween show, wasn't he? And then I got everybody in the audience to come and be part of a competition for the best um, sort of witch and warlock. And uh, he gave prizes in the interval, which Richard Whiteley handed out. Oh, good old twice nightly Whiteley. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so in, in some ways we had more fun off the set than we did yeah. on the set. Yeah. Especially with Gene organising us all into different charity shows and things. Yeah. Now, go on, Gene. Go on. Go on. Go on. No, go. I was going to talk about uh, Let's Feed the World. Um, and I managed to get together the, the cast of um, Coronation Street and EastEnders and and we all met up. Do you remember we raised money for Feed the World? Um, yeah. I if I was there, I might have left by then. No, you had. No, you were there. That was in the eighties, wasn't it? That'd be yeah. the eighties, wasn't it? Yeah, mid eighties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is, trouble is now I'm in my mid eighties, and my so, something I remember very, very well from my childhood. But don't ask me what happened yesterday because it's gone out of my brain. So, so drawing to a close then, 50 years on, um, first question, you know, all those other programmes have come and gone. Some have stayed. Obviously, Coronation Street's still there. EastEnders is still around, etc. Um, quite a few soaps have come and gone. You know, I think Emmerdale is now the... Emmerdale's the second longest... Yeah, that's really second after Coronation That's right. Probably comes the third, the third is in 1974. Uh, I've got a friend of mine who's, who's, a, who's an actor in that. Um, so... Are there any of the others that you know? I know you're both in Crossroads. But are there any of the others that you'd like to have um, liked to have starred in? Would you like to have done a bit of a bit of? Um, would you like to be in EastEnders, Jean? Oh yes, why not? 
Born in London. Come on, love. <laughs> what kind of character would you play? Would you want to play in EastEnders? Do you think? Um. Oh, I don't know. I. I, I never. Uh, he's to, sorry. My husband's in the background saying I should be in the Crown. Anyway, that's. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> No, I, it's funny. If, I think if you're an actor, it's not a question. It matter, yeah. Yeah, you go for whatever, yeah. It's how it's written and whether you... I mean, I just loved Dolly. I'm a, you know, she was just... She was like a, a really special sister that I had course, to take yeah. care of and, and, and do right by. And I suppose that's why I was really upset with how how quick her decision to have an abortion was. But, the, so it's, but you had to play it. The way, the way they wanted it, yeah. No, true. but I, yeah. I played it the way that. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. But you had to do it within their very parameters. Quick. Yeah, yeah. You have to work twice as hard. Freddie knows that. When you have a poor script, that's when you really have to work. When yeah. you have a fantastic script, and Michael Russell was a good script writer. Um, it, somehow or other, the words just come naturally, and and then you just fill in with the reality, you know, and the, the truth. Yeah. I remember saying that to Joe Kendall because she used to grumble about the script. So I used to say, any actor can play a good script. If you've got a bad script, that's when you put your put your metal, you know, you've really, you've really got to make it work somehow. I remember saying to one director, I don't mind if they write Matt like a Swiss cottage solicitor, as long as you don't mind if I change it to a Yorkshire farmer. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's so... Right. What about you, Freddie? Would you like to have starred in any of the others? Yeah, I wouldn't have minded going into EastEnders. I, mean, I, I find EastEnders a bit unreal because everybody would be effing and blinding in real life in EastEnders. <laughs> of course, they're not allowed to, but um, well, I think I could have played something in that, couldn't I? I mean, my, from a London family, you know, you know my, I heard my brother talking, you wouldn't think you, people say you're not like brothers at all. Because he's right, called Blimey Cockney. Because you're in EastEnders, you'd have to have some gangster link somewhere, wouldn't you? Because everyone's got a link to some kind of gangster in EastEnders, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, well, that'd be that'd be quite easy as well. <laughs> some parts of my family, <laughs> I won't mention anybody. But <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, and so what? What did you know? What did Emmerdale? Looking back, I know you know. Um, I know, Jean, you're you've been putting out on Twitter photographs of the time you were in Emmerdale, which is great to see all those photos. Oh and, yes. and, and things, which is great, fantastic. Um, it obviously, you've you've both sat here chatting to me for quite a long time. You know, it obviously still has a a place in your heart, doesn't it, Freddie? Oh, definitely, definitely, yes, it does. Apart from the fact that I get a nice pension out of the money I put into a pension fund when I was when I was doing it, but um, yeah, you can't you, something like that. You're in it so many years, you've never. No, I can't forget it. Can't. I wake up sometimes having dreamt that I'd gone back into Emmerdale, as I do wake up sometimes dreamt I've gone back to the old Vic, which I was in before I went into Emmerdale for four years. So it's part. It's in your brain. You can't get it out. It's never, never going to leave you. Can't. And, can't and of course, the other thing you got out of it is lifelong friends as well. Yes, yes definitely. Yes. Yes. Sadly, some of them have left us now, but. Otherwise, we would have still been friends. It was a happy time. It was a happy time. Definitely. That's, what, that's why it was so sad when 
that kind of somebody came in who just hadn't got the sensitivity. It was only for a while, but but hadn't got the sensitivity that everybody else had in some way towards the program and the characters. Um, we've got lots of lovely members. Well, I certainly have lots of lovely yeah, members. So have I, absolutely. And, and such beautiful countryside. Bloody cold. <laughs> yeah, especially with about two foot of snow on the ground. Oh, and yes. Trying oh. to feed the sheep or whatever it was. But lovely, beautiful. And it reminded me of this Sussex countryside because I was brought up in Sussex. Downs and things, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's the sheep and the sweeping hills and little clumps of trees. Mm. Um, yeah. So, that's, what made, that's what made it really, really different at the beginning was all the countryside yeah, cool. and farming and all that was way, way, way away from, you know, Coronation Street or East Enders or any of those. It was very, very different. Yeah. Yeah. That's why people liked it. So long may it continue, eh? 50 years. Yes. 50 years. <laughs> Happy <laughs> Amazing, really. If it does another 50 years, I don't think I'll be here to see it. Yeah. <laughs> <This way. laughs> so what, so gone? we talked about the theme tune. Let's hear your renditions of the theme tune. Can you hum it for us? Or sing it for us, hum it for us. Go on, Jean. Yeah, they're all separately. Do it separately first. Jean, the theme tune. <laughs> Tell me I was going to have to do that. I, I've just come out. I've just come out with it in my head. Sorry. <laughs> Let's see you do the theme tune. Oh, this is the right one. Da, 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 da. And then I don't know how it goes. <laughs> Go on, Freddie. Go on, Freddie. La, 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 <laughs> it's in my brain, you see. Fantastic, and just a, just a bit of a bit of extra. Can you remember the um, how the Yorkshire TV jingle used to go before it started? Do you remember that bit? Dun, 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 dun. Well that done, well yeah. done, well done. Yeah, do, 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 you, I'm sure you know this. You know what that was supposed to be? What that no, was supposed to be signifying? It's no. supposed to be. Is on Ilklimore Bartat. Oh my God, no! I never, I never put the two together. Yeah, there's oh. actual, there's actual theme that's even longer than that that they used to play right at the very beginning of Yorkshire TV opening up for the day, and you'd see all the countryside and everything, and it was then, it would then merge into that sort of that jingle that, that became an iconic jingle for a long, long time, didn't it? Really? Oh yeah. So yeah. what does Ilklimore Bartat mean? Um. Ilklimore, I don't actually, I'm a Yorkshireman, I should know, shouldn't I? Yeah. On Ilklimore, well, yeah, without a hat, that's it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's Ilklimore without your hat. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Well yeah. tapped. Where has there been since I saw thee, as it starts off with, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Where has yeah. there been since I saw thee? On Ilklimore, Bartat. I think that's enough of our singing for today. <laughs> and then later on, it, is weird, it's a strange song, because it goes on about... Um, it's all about death, isn't it? It's all about eating, you've been eating up bell of worms or something. Yes, the worms will eat you up. Yes. That's it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember that Alan Bennett story when he, I think it was his sister, her husband died and he was cremated. And she said to Alan Bennett, will you drive me out to Ilkley Moor because I want to uh, scatter his ashes on Ilkley Moor. And it was quite a windy day. And when she got back in the car, some of the ashes were stuck to her coat. And apparently she said to Alan Penny, you see, you didn't want to leave me. 
<laughs> Typical Alan Bennett story. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Bennett. Bennett. <laughs> Okay, well, yeah, happy birthday to Emmerdale then. Fantastic. And thank oh, you very much. Happy birthday, Emmerdale. Here's to another 50 years. If you can do it, do it. <laughs> brilliant. Thanks, Gene. Thanks, Freddie. That's brilliant. Thank you. Gene Rogers and Freddie Pine talking to Ashley. And there's plenty of Emmerdale treats on the Distinct Nostalgia feed. Scroll down and you'll find loads. Distinct Nostalgia. More than a podcast.